doing today? It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I have to, every time I hear that announcement for Friendsgiving and I think about fair food, I kind of get sick to my stomach. I don't know whose idea that was. We'll give that one to Jeff. <laughs> man, I just sense the Spirit of the Lord in this house today. And uh, man, I just have a, a sense of expectation for what God is going to do. Now, I had the privilege of connecting with my friends Dick and Joan DeWert up in Canada. I love Canadians. Canadians are the nicest people in the world. I know that because I'm married to one. And uh, this man is like a living legend. You don't know that because you live in America. But if you lived in Canada, you'd probably know exactly uh, with that show. Tremendous history for the Lord up there. And I was praying about this, and I shared this verse with, uh, with Dick yesterday. This is uh, Hebrews 13, verse 9. And it says, excuse me, verse 7, Remember those who rule over you. That means who lead you, uh, who have spoken the word of God to you. And I certainly view uh, my friend Dick as a, as a spiritual leader who has spoken the word of God to you. I'm grateful whenever I hear someone speak the word of God to me and over my life whose faith follow. And uh, I love the stories uh, Dick and Jonah brought about what happened in their, their building recently and the miracles that God has done. It's truly remarkable to see someone's faith in motion and consider the outcome of their conduct. I am really excited uh, to hang out with a man who's had, you know, ministry experience for uh, just a little bit less than I've been alive. <laughs> and I love to glean from that, man. I, I love to see what God did and the faithfulness in his life. So, I get to introduce my friend Dick and Joan, his wonderful wife, to minister the word of the Lord this morning. He's really serving as an accountability partner for me and overseeing personal things in my life. I'm so grateful for men like him. Would you give him a welcome this morning? Amen. Love you all. It is a real pleasure to be here, and uh, this is our second time in Billings. We love Billings. Well, Montana is so much like Alberta, so it's almost like there's no border, really, except for when you do go across the border. Uh, you know, it's a little more complicated than it used to be. <laughs> we, they used to just uh, kind of wave you through, and now they've got a lot of questions they ask. But anyway, yeah, we, we just love your pastors. We love their heart. We love their family, kids, kiddos. I've already got my pictures from the girls that they, you know, colored for me and left on Pastor Jordan's desk and Lydia and Abigail and uh, Titus. We just love you, Titus, too. He's a young man of God, upcoming man. He's just going to do great things for God and exploits in Jesus' name, right? And so what I, I really wanted to say, though, was during this worship time, I love your worship team. And uh, there's a real heart uh, for praise and worship in this place. It's so good when you're worshiping and you hear people singing. And I thought, you know, when, and uh, I think God loves that too. And I just, I closed my eyes and I thought, you know, when we were singing that song, um, the presence of the Lord is an open door. I thought the presence of the Lord is in here. And this is the year 5784 of the open door. And so watch for God to open doors for you, and don't be surprised if there are suddenlies. I know that this is a church that is prepared. This is a church that God is preparing, and I see it as a hub. When God moves, this is a hub, and there will be a lot of things that come about through this house. And so 
once again, I just want to say it's so uh, such a privilege for us to be here. And uh, we love your pastors, Jordan and Elizabeth. Of course, her mom attends our church for just a few more weeks, and then she'll be down here uh, after she goes to Montreal for a little interview. That's a long ways away to go to Montreal from Alberta. But that's how they do things, government, hey? And, uh, and so then you're, you're going to be blessed with Trudy being in your midst, powerful intercessor, wonderful lady. And so once again, just thank you for having us. We're so glad to be here. Amen. True death of a marriage is if uh, you can do live television for five hours together, and we've done that many, many times on a national television network that we uh, pioneered in uh, 1999, and uh, actually 1995, but we went national in 1999. And, uh, and if you can do, as a married couple, you can do live television without a script, and uh, it's raising money, and we would often in one of those broadcasts over a week period raise over a million dollars. And, and, uh, but we always said the test of a marriage is a couple being able to do live television together like that. You have to think on your feet, and you have to minister, and there's just no break. You just have to keep going. The cameras are always on. And we've done that many times, so uh, <clears throat> it's been a real blessing. Uh, we are just really glad to be here. The last time I was here, the Holy Spirit touched me very deeply. I was in Pastor Jordan's office, and uh, I felt such a supernatural love for this congregation. I hadn't even been out here yet. I hadn't met any of you yet. And uh, <clears throat> I can only say that's happened maybe four or five times in my lifetime. And so, you know, just consider that. There, and what I discovered is uh, stewarding it. And when you steward very precious seed in this church, and you're stewarding it. And when you steward a seed, sometimes you don't see what God is about to do. It's hidden. It's buried. Does a seed look anything like the plant? If you look at a little grain of wheat and you look at a full wheat, the plant, the full wheat, it doesn't even look the same, does it? And yet the, all that information's in that seed. And when that seed is in the right situation, in the right soil, the right temperature, the right time of year, it flourishes. It changes from that seed into something else. And you can name any plant. Some plants even have smaller seeds and grow into a much larger plant. Even the Bible mentions the mustard seed being the smallest, and yet it grows so great. And, you know, I felt that seed in this church, and that was the, just over a year ago. And so we felt knit to this church and have been in communication. I had Pastor Jordan and Elizabeth up. They ministered in our congregation, and everyone loved them. And, uh, of course, uh, Elizabeth's mother has been in our church, I think, three or four years now. And uh, Pastor Jordan just mentioned that we just have had a major miracle. In fact, it was Thursday night, <laughs> Thursday afternoon, I should say, Thursday, late Thursday afternoon, that we had our miracle for our building 
Because when I left here 13 months ago after preaching here, I was in a process for that entire period of time to purchase our building. To give it a little perspective, it's a, a 20,000 square foot building, a part of a 50,000 square foot complex. It's a state-of-the-art building. It was uh, praised by Collier's Real Estate, which is an international firm. I don't know if you're familiar with Collier's, but uh, any large city in America, there would be a Collier's. And they do, when they do an appraisal, it is hardcore. You can take that to the bank, which I did. And uh, <clears throat> they appraised our building at $5.5 million. What happened, though, is uh, just everything seemed to take longer. And uh, in the spring, at some point in time, um, I just noticed there was something wrong with my health. And this was going on in March and April. And uh, Joan uh, I was somewhat aware, but I didn't let her all fully aware because I didn't want to create panic. You know how that man is like that, right? And uh, <clears throat> the women are more conscious of those kinds of things. But, and so I went to, uh, my doctor died in June of 2021. Not from COVID, by the way. He, he died because of uh, a liver condition. But uh, so I had no doctor, and so I didn't know what to do. And so I just, his wife is a doctor and goes to our church as well. So I thought, well, okay, I'll go see a, a female doctor. You know, wasn't excited about that. She checked me out right away, and all of a sudden she panics, and she's on the phone, and she's calling this place and that place, and you need to go and get a day procedure at the hospital, which, by the way, was excruciating. They drained off two liters. We, my wife and I uh, talk about the woman that did that procedure in the hospital. We call her butcher woman. <laughs> and I, and it wasn't that long ago I had to go back for something else, totally unrelated. And I'm in the same area. And I, and I texted Joan, I just saw a butcher woman. You know? <laughs> she, she was brutal. And uh, I was in excruciating pain for a long time. I went through major surgery on May the 29th, <clears throat> that's a miracle in itself because they said it would be three or four months. And uh, while we were filling out the paperwork, suddenly uh, the phone rings and the woman's name is Kendra, the nurse. She says, you won't believe this, but a, 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 a day opened up for May the 29th. Do you want it? And we said, yes. You know, so I went through major surgery. But here's the complication. We had to raise a lot of money to buy the building. The banks in Canada, I don't know if what they're like in America, but they're tough. And uh, when it comes to commercial real estate, they're even tougher. And then when it comes to churches, they're even more ignorant and tough. You try to convince them that a church has stable income. They, you, know, you know, the people that work in banks, their minds go tilt when you say, well, our income is such and such. Well, how do you know that'll be next year? Oh, because people are faithful givers. And they're they're like, what? Why, why do they give? You see, you're facing a mindset, a human mindset that does not understand spiritual things. So we were in this situation where uh, I'm recovering in June and we have $25,000 in the bank. We need a million dollars. And we have 25. I have owners. Our lease expired at the end of July. And they're texting me almost every day. Where are you at? Are you going to buy the building? Are you going to buy the building? Turns out I found out that they're actually in financial crisis. <laughs> That's why they were so anxious. But they were actually making my life miserable. <laughs> you know, if things are going well and you don't have anything making you miserable, enjoy it. <laughs> You're in a very good season. Just be blessed. Amen? Amen. Because I know the opposite. 
Anyway, as we went into summer, all I had was a word of the Lord. I had the word of the Lord. The Lord said, I'm going to give you that building. And uh, we're looking at a five and a half million dollar building. We're looking at, uh, our price was really favorable. It was three million, eight, about 850. And, uh, but when you have nothing, when you have 25,000, what's that? I mean, you, you know, I'll tell you what, we have, Jonah and I have been in so many situations where if God doesn't come through, we're done. We're history. That's walking by faith. People say, oh, I love walking by faith. No, you don't. <laughs> Trust me, you don't. And, uh, you know, if, you're, if you've got everything going, just enjoy your season. You typically go from one faith crisis to the next. So just enjoy your season is what I'm saying. Nevertheless, uh, God did something for us. In July, a little bit of money come in. Owners are texting, end of July, you know, where are you at? Oh, no, we're going to buy the building. Uh, <clears throat> but suddenly, God began to do some miracles. One couple gave $50,000 as a challenge pledge. And I put it out there. We have a challenge pledge. And one person here matched it, another person. And then we talked to some other people. And lo and behold, we'll do 100000 And uh and then I wrote a letter and talked to some other people. I'm connected, you know, from my past history with television people and different people. And uh, I wrote this one letter. And, uh, and Joan asked me, she says, well, what do you think are the possibilities of us getting any money from that letter you just wrote? And I said, well, if this is zero, I give it a little bit more than zero. <laughs> my history with that kind of donation to ministry is just, and I, I have an extensive mini- experience in ministry, and especially television ministries. I have never seen any large amounts. And uh, so we, I, we were still raising money. The owners are getting really snarky, you know, and uh, making my life miserable. I kept most of that for my wife. She never communicated with them. I was getting the emails and the phone calls and the texts, but uh, we went into September and suddenly uh, my phone rings. And how many get all these spam calls on your phone? So you know what I did? I just went, <laughs> it was a spam call as far as I'm concerned. But there was a voicemail. Turned out the man I know, I know him really well. And he said, I want, give me a call. I've got something to talk to you about. And so I called and uh, it was a Thursday night. And I know Joan and it was right there. We were, I was at home. The guy's answer was, hey, Dick, we got your letter. We're going to give you $500,000. Serious. My church kind of responded the same way. I said, you know, what? you'd think you'd clap, you know, when somebody, a miracle had happened. Uh, thank you. So even while we were here, we were doing all of the wrap-up on this purchase. And I just want to make it clear, God has done a miracle for us. We have a million dollars in uh, cash or commitments. I just was texting even while I was here with one of the groups and they're sending 250000 They're sending it by bank wire on Tuesday. But, uh, and I sent the documents to the, to the owners on Thursday, last Thursday, and then we came here. So you're in the middle of a miracle. So I'm thanking God. I'm walking through my building. If you want God to do miracles in your life, always thank Him. Thank Him in advance. If you're not thankful, you're not going to get anything from God. You have to thank Him and thank Him and thank Him. I mean it. We are in a culture 
That's entitled. But oh, I'll tell you what, thankfulness opens the windows of heaven. And even when you don't have anything, even when you think your needs are this big and you have this much, thank him because he can bless the little in your life. And uh, I'm walking through the building and I, I'm thanking the Lord. And I'm just thinking, and you've been in our building. It's a great facility. So it takes a while to walk through it, you know. It's, uh, and I'm walking around and I'm thanking God. This has been a year of battle. I've been through medical stuff and I'm thinking, well, I'm alive, you know, praise the Lord. And uh, <clears throat> Lord stops me and he says, well, I'm not done yet. So we have a million, but he's not done yet. And so uh, what that means, I don't know, but I'm sure Pastor Jordan and Elizabeth will tell you when we get the rest of that bill. But we are able to close the deal today. The bank, uh, the other miracle is the bank uh, had said they would finance us up to 3.2 million. Then they suddenly changed their mind and went down to 2.2 million and uh, arbitrarily. And then for over five weeks, we had, or six weeks, we had to do spreadsheets and all this baloney, <laughs> uh, whatever baloney is. But anyway, uh, and we had to, had to do all this work. And uh, on, on October 30th, I get a message from the bank and they have another list of questions. And the questions were somewhat discouraging, you know. They're saying, aren't you a little old? And their insinuation and, you know, uh, what's your plan for the future? You're looking for 20 years of finance and you're kind of old, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, do you, can, do you want to know something? Satan hits you where you're vulnerable, where you're sensitive. And listen, you don't want to give him any time, any opportunity, any place in your life. You just say, shut up. Shut up, devil. Shut up. You know, Moses was called at 80. And you know what? How arguing with a burning bush. And he says, I'm 80. How can I do this now? And the burning bush talks back and says, go in this strength of yours. Have I not sent you? But I'm old. Well, you know, it says the anger of the Lord rose up. It was a burning bush. Would you argue with a burning bush? Think about it. That shows you where his mind had gone for 40 years. He said, I'm not going there. Well, obviously, God touched his heart. And Moses spent another 40 years doing phenomenal things. Probably the greatest miracles in the Bible are this man, Moses. October 30th, and I said to Joan, I'm more discouraged than I've, and she knows me, I've done lots of stuff, I'm not a discouraged kind of guy, but I really walk on the word of the Lord. And she said, <clears throat> she said and you noted that, you said, I'm, I said, I just feel like L hell has just wanted to take everything out of me and take a strip of everything and attack me everywhere I'm vulnerable. And I went to bed that night, October 30th, and I'm like, oh, gee. Well, God, you know, I'm trusting you, but it's looking bad. <laughs> Get up on Halloween. Yeah. Halloween, the holy day for all demons. And this was intentional, I'm sure, by the Lord. I get a call, and it's this man from the bank, Brian. Dick, I've got to talk to you. He said, the bank just came back and approved you for $3.2 million. Yeah. And you know, what he, he, you know what he said to me? He said, you know, in my history, in my observation, and I would say in mine as well, in many decades of ministry, 
He says, when a bank goes down, they never come back up. They just refuse. They said, no, we're going to stick with it. So I said, well, what went on? He said, the woman, who's the underwriter in Calgary, went online and watched our services and watched our television and all, you know, and our media. And well, we're very experienced in media. And uh, she said, you know what? This church is positioned for the future. They're very proficient in media and very proficient in their live stream. This church, God can change a banker's heart. When God can change, listen, you think your search mission's bad? If God can change a banker's heart for a million dollars, you know you've got God working for you. Let me tell you a story. It's about a guy who, three guys actually, they wanted to marry a woman and they were from different parts of the world. And so the first man married a Greek girl. And uh, he told her that she was to do the dishes, the house cleaning. And uh, it took a couple days, but by the third day he came home and the house was clean, the dishes washed and all put away. He was a happy man. The second man married a Thai girl. Well, they're sweet people, right? Thai girls. And he gave his wife orders that she has to do all the cleaning, dishes and cooking. The first day he didn't see anything. The next day he saw some results. By the third day, his house was clean, the dishes were done, and there's a huge dinner on the table. The third man married a girl from Canada. Jordan. The third man married a girl from Canada. So pay attention here. He ordered her to keep the house clean, dishes washed, lawn mowed, laundry washed, hot meals on the table for every meal. He said the first day he didn't see anything. The second day he didn't see anything either. But the third day some swelling had gone down. He could see a little bit out of his left eye. His arm was, his arm was healed enough that he could fix himself a sandwich and load the dishwasher. He still walks with a limp. <laughs> Jordan, if you marry a Canadian woman. All right. Last time I was here I said I shared... Uh, a word of the Lord the Lord gave me for this church, and uh, I want to just re-emphasize this. Habakkuk 2 verse 2 says this. Then the, This is uh, Habakkuk when he's, got, he's speaking to God about the vision for the people of Israel. The Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision, I want you to hear me now, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. And I had a word for this church, that there's a seed in this church for the future. Let me give you a word of caution. You do not want your word to come past before the appointed time. If it comes to pass before the appointed time, it'll be premature and misformed, and may even abort You have to allow the process of God to bring his word to pass at the appointed time. Now, is that easy? No, I'm an impatient guy. I want it done now, and I'm a go-getter. I'll do it. I thought we would buy our building a lot longer, but COVID hit and all the other things, and we weren't able to do it, and I was frustrated. And then the year that I do have to buy it, all hell seems to break loose circumstantially, and I don't know what I'm doing. But I'll tell you what, the appointed time. Everybody say the appointed time. This is something North Americans will have a hard time with. 
God has times and seasons and he has appointed times. And you don't want your breakthrough. You don't want your miracle. You don't want your marriage. You don't want anything before it's appointed time. And I'll tell you why. Because then God brings it to full maturity. And you get the fullness of the miracle. Now, I'm, I'm speaking prophetically now. This church will get the fullness of the word of the Lord at the appointed time. And if you're not at the appointed time, I only, only God knows. For me, God, move along a little quicker here. I'll tell you what. He does something in the waiting. He does something in our hearts. Well, he tests our hearts, doesn't he? He tests us whether we really are faithful and trusting. He tests our stewardship. You know, your prayers, your giving, your serving in this church is all being watched. Not by me. I don't know by anyone else, but being watched by God. And those who are faithful in the little, what? Will be made stewards or rulers over much. So your season of inconsequence, of waiting, of little things, is actually your season of promotion. And I've been there. Listen to me. I've been there. I went from nothing to a national television network, and a man giving me a million dollars in just a few weeks. And I remember thinking all the time, I was, like I said, I was younger, and I want, you know, God, you can move faster. Get this thing done. I discovered that when it happened at the appointed time, I found myself running, and I found myself exhausted. Man, you do not want your miracle before the appointed time. You do not want your destiny before the appointed time. If you're single and you're praying for that spouse, the appointed time. You do not want to marry someone outside the appointed time. Amen? If you're already married, look over and say, that was my appointed time. Amen? It's true, isn't it? That is your appointed time. Once you're married, you're one flesh. God wants to bless you. He'll make you one. You can say all day long, well, we didn't meet under great circumstances. We were not saved or we did this. No. Once you're married, God says you're one flesh. You're in your appointed time. And he will bless your marriage. You and I know this. The last time we were here, in a few months after, we went home and we celebrated our 50th anniversary. Yeah, I know. She was, uh, she was six years old when I married her. <clears throat> no. It's a joke, yeah, because that's kind of kinky, you know, when you think about it there. <clears throat> but she, uh, she and I had this extraordinary experience, well, I did for sure, is that after I was here, the weeks that followed and leading up to December, and our family did this whole thing for us, uh, I just found myself so filled with thankfulness for my wife, Joan. And uh, we have been through hell. And we've been through heaven, and we've been through the good and the bad, and you name it. And we have seen God so faithful, and we are more knit to each other. We cannot even imagine life without each other. I, when I even think about what if I lost Joan, my mind says, oh, don't even go there. You know, I just don't even want to go there. That's what God can do when you walk together in the plan of God. Amen. Can you say amen to that? So I, I do have some thoughts I'm going to share with you.
Thank you, Titus. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> I want to share. Uh, I was going to share something. Uh, and just typical when I'm doing stuff like this, the Lord changes me and says, no, I'd like you to do something else. Or he puts this on my heart. And so <clears throat> the song, have you, have you guys ever sang the song Waymaker? Yeah. Uh, Ryan, Ryan and Alyssa were here, right? My, my son-in-law and daughter. He, he messaged me, by the way, when we got here. And he said, uh, please kiss the American soil for me. <laughs> He's from Texas, so he, he thought, you know, it might help. Uh, he misses his homeland. Anyway, I, I hope you enjoyed them. But they are great worship leaders, and they've done this song, Waymaker. And it's a faith-building song, don't you find but there was a line in that song, and God spoke it to me. Even when I don't feel it, ooh, I got, man, I feel annoying. Even when I don't feel it, what is he doing? He's working. Even when I don't see it, he's working. What's the third thing? He never stops working. He never stops. I'm telling you, that's the word for this church. You don't see it, you don't feel it, but he's working. You don't see it, you don't feel it in your own life, but he's working. He's working in your life. Oh, but I thought he forgot about me. No, he doesn't. Do you realize if you were the only one left, he'd be, his eye would be on you. That's the, listen, what does the Bible say? His eye is on the sparrow. Do you know how big a sparrow is? Do you know how many there are? Yeah. Do you know that sparrows are not natural to North America? Did you know that? Somebody brought them over from England. But they are so prolific, they have spread all over North America. And they are huge numbers. Uh, one day I looked in our backyard, and I looked, there was like 12 sparrows in a juniper bush, all talking to each other at the same time. I thought they must all be women. <laughs> my point is they were making a lot of, I'm in trouble now by the way the point is they were making a lot of noise but what is his eye and I, I thought of that his eye is on the sparrow this whole bunch of sparrows his eye is on the sparrow his eye is upon you never 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 ever feel rejected or abandoned God is always, even when I don't feel it. You know what's happening when nothing's happening? God is testing you. He's working in you. I'll tell you what, Jonah and I have waited for a lot of stuff. And then it comes to pass. Well, as a matter of fact, we just had that. <laughs> we just had nothing, and then all of a sudden, we're buying the building. And we've got... As a matter of fact, while I'm here, I'm getting texts. Yeah, I'll wire this 250000 in to your account on Tuesday. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. Even when I don't see it, he's working. Back in June, all I could say is, the owners would text, are you buying this building or not? Turns out I found out they were in a bit of a financial crisis. So they were all anxious. And they were projecting it on us. And they were getting a little belligerent. Finally, I just said back to him one day, I said, 
you should be thankful we're buying this. You know, we're doing you a favor. Sometimes you've got to turn the table on the devil and, and stop the voices. And, um, and I just I want to encourage you with this. So let's, I'm just going to read a few scriptures and then encourage your faith. I, am a, I, I think one of the gifts I have is a gift of faith. Would that be true, Joan? Even in this situation, uh, everyone around me was really, we don't know. <laughs> this isn't looking good. But I think I never changed my confession once. And the only day was October the 30th when I got that list of questions from the bank. And to me, the questions were saying, we're not going to give you the loan. And, uh, and Joan will say that. But I felt it was prophetic that the good news would come on Halloween on the high holy day where they celebrate all the powers of hell. God did a breakthrough. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. And that's true for your life. Walking by faith does not spring out of feeling. You cannot feel right until you believe right. You have to believe right, then you will feel right. Joshua 1.8, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it in day and night, you shall, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Anybody want those things? Have an odd, I commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Everybody say good courage. That's better than just courage, you know. It's good courage. I mean, it's courage for the right thing. When God has put you in something, courage says, I stay here and I will stay till I win. That's what it says. I'm not giving up. If anybody's had cause to give up, Joan and I have had. If anybody had cause to slip back into... You know, where nobody can see us, it could be us. But we have stepped out again. And, and, and I won't belabor this, but in the past two years, we've had a staff member go AWOL on us and take out 25% of our church. And then go to Bethel where he's, you know. I'll tell you what. If you cannot live your life by character, don't even try to serve God. You better live by the word of God and by character. That's why he said to Joshua, this, if you stay in the word and conform your life to the word, you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. These words, some have to hear this word. Sometimes you go to the doctor, you need to be, do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. How many know we need those words? You need those words. Some, just, just going to the Walmart, you need those words. <laughs> right? Yeah. Psalm 143. I remember the days of old. I meditate on your works. I muse or ponder on the work of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. My soul longs for you as a, like a thirsty land. Listen to me. If you can't see his goodness, then you're never going to experience his goodness. You have to meditate, just like that says, on what you want to see God do. I hear people who come to me. I've been in ministry for so many decades. 
And oh my goodness, the plethora of the things that come out of them. I suppose in one thing that I think I'm like a priest and here's all my garbage and let me dump it on you. But here's what I've discovered. That people that fixate in that way are their own self-fulfilling prophecy. You have to change the way you think and the way you speak. If you're in your marriage, you change the way you talk about your spouse. You speak the things that should be, could be, and will be, not the things that you see. And if it's your kids, it's even more important. Speak over your kids. I'll tell you, I speak over my kids and all my grandkids. They're, they're tired of it. <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you, I've taken my grandkids camping. Best therapy for kids is camping. How many are with me? I don't know. Oh, so how many women here don't like camping? Oh, you're not even being honest, eh? Uh, <clears throat> Joan grew up in such a way, and her, she's a kind of personality is perfectionist. She looks perfect all the time. Going camping, she said, but there's bugs flying in the air. And <laughs> it was hard for her to make the adjustment. But uh, we joked about this the other day. We, she goes camping with me and I, when I take all the grandkids and so on, and I go shopping with her. Mostly I wait around <laughs> and drink coffee, but I go shopping with her. <clears throat> Man goes shopping, it takes 15 minutes. Half of that time is just walking from the car to the store. Get your stuff, because you hunt it down, get it, and then get back out, and you're back out. Right? How many men do that? Yeah. So Hebrews 12 says, we are surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight, every sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You're in a race. You understand that? Oh, I just hanging on till Jesus comes. No, you're in a race. And you know what you're racing? God has put a purpose and destiny in your life. Now you might say, well, it's not all that great or noble. No, you know what? Everything in the, in the, in the kingdom is noble and great. Washing feet is noble. What did Jesus say to his disciples? He says, what I did to you, you don't understand right now. Remember he said that to his disciples? Peter was the one who said, no, Lord, you're not washing my feet. No, Peter, let it be so. I need to do this. You'll understand later. And Peter said, okay. But, and finally, he, he, he gave, but Jesus would do whatever it was set before him with his entire purpose so that he could fulfill the plan of God. Because there's a cloud of witnesses watching. Oh, don't live your life just drifting through. I have, uh, like I said, a number of decades of ministry experience. I find people who give generously, financially, and involve themselves in a local church and serve in whatever way they can, God's eye is on them. He might, he might just leave them there for a while, let them prove themselves, but he will always bless them. Out of the blue, the Lord will bless you. That's what happened. I just told the story, but let me just say, I was saying to the Lord, Lord, thank you, because I know how impossible the situation was, and if we got evicted out of our building, you can't meet outside in Canada in January or most of the year time, but it's not possible. 
We had nowhere to go. We would have been so sunk, if you will. But God, God knows you. He knows your faith. He's watched your life. He watched what you did through the crisis. He watched what you said. And Joan will witness. I kept my confession. I'm not one of those, you know, blab it and grab it. No, no. But I know you have to say the right things. You have to align your words with God's word and with his purpose over your life. If you go saying, I'm a failure, please don't do that. You're going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Don't. Meditate on his word, he says. Speak his word. Speak your destiny. And if you're in the season of waiting, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Because I will tell you, we tend to go from panic to panic with some break in between. That doesn't sound very positive, does it? No, I'll tell you what it is. Is when you're serving the Lord, you are in warfare with the prince of this world. Advancing something that cannot like anything for the kingdom. He doesn't want to advance anything. You're advancing something in the kingdom. Well, we don't know what. Well, get close to God. You'll find out what. You'll find out plenty. But sometimes it's just the waiting that he wants to see. Just how do you posture yourself while you wait? How do you walk with him while you wait? That's what he's looking for. I'll tell you what I did. I spoke. I'm telling you, we, if I look back, I'm thinking, man, I was kind of really out there. I needed such an incredible breakthrough, and thank God he's faithful. By the way, this is not the first breakthrough that Jonah and I have had. Not the first building that we've done and paid off. Not the first... We opened the first national television, licensed television channel in Canada, Christian, and did it all by faith. Had a 77,000 square foot building. Then I had a failure in my life. And you know what happens to people when they have that? They go, oh, now you're disqualified. Do you know how many people, Joan, came to me and said, you're out of the race? I said, where's that in the Bible? Don't see it. Doesn't say it. The only person to take you out of the race is you. You decide not to be in the race. But we run the race with patience, it says, because we don't quit. I think that's my Dutch heritage. I just didn't have enough sense to quit. The only people who don't face discouragement, you know who they are? They're the people going backward, not moving forward. God wants us to move forward in faith, in whatever, even in the little things. The only f- antidote to fear are, is faith. Stand in faith, amen? amen? You know what we're thankful for? We move towards. What we're thankful for. Philippians 4, 6 says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in prayer, by faith and supplication... With thanksgiving, let your requests be made man. He hears. If you are faithful in giving God those things, you need to understand. He hears them. And he knows you. He knows when you need them. And he knows the time when you need them. He knows the appointed time. So today, I always ask God, don't give me anything that's not the appointed time. It has to be the right time. Otherwise, God could give you something that could destroy you. I want you to think about 
the fact that every person has a destiny. This church has a destiny. And God wants you to experience the fullness of that destiny. But what's the Bible say? Run with patience the race that is set before you. Everybody say patience. patience. Yeah, you know, that's probably something we need more of in North America, huh? Is patience. Lord, I want you, I want this, and I want it now. <laughs> but God is faithful. And in the process, he equips us to carry what he's going to give us. Otherwise, you may not. You may even falter. You get things from God that are at the wrong time. You may falter. Paul said this, be anxious for nothing. Wow. That's an amazing statement. Say nothing. Anybody ever had some anxiety over something? Yeah, we'd say, well, that's pretty much human. He says, be anxious for nothing. And then he goes on, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Prayer, faithful prayer and thanksgiving and supplication, God will make a way. And I want to repeat that line from the Waymaker. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. Even when I don't see it, he's working. He never stops working. He never stops working. How many are going to receive that for their lives today? He never stops working. How many have been discouraged in the last season in your life saying, I don't see God working? That's, a hu- that's perfectly human. Do you know that? It's perfectly human because faith walks in darkness. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. So what's that tell you? That much of your life you walk in darkness, you don't even see how it's going to happen. If you would ask me to conceive how we were going to be in a miracle when I got here with our building, I couldn't tell you. I'm trying to imagine. I'm, I had a man give me a million-dollar check once, so I'm trying, that's the one I could imagine. Oh, which, million, which person could do that? But it didn't happen that way. But it still happens. Isn't that? See, you just have to trust God that even when I don't see it, he's working. When I don't feel it, he's working. Wow. I hope this encourages someone. Sometimes it looks, makes you look stupid discouragement that happens over people. You know, faith sometimes looks, makes you look stupid until it begins to rain. That's what Noah said. Your day of rain is coming. Your day of rain is coming. I have a story to tell you about Corey Ten Boom. Anybody heard of her? Uh, my parents immigrated from Holland. So the story of Corey, I was born in Canada, but All my siblings were born in Holland, in the Netherlands. My parents spoke Dutch at home. They said at age five, I didn't speak English very well. I spoke Dutch. And uh, I suppose I could pick it up real easy. I understand it fairly well, but I can't speak it today. Uh, But the story of Corrie ten Boom, of course, is from uh, a woman. Her dad was a watchmaker in Amsterdam. Uh, The Nazis were horrific in uh, Holland. My own father uh, had a best friend, and the only way they could survive during the war was to uh, go out at night, and they would crawl through the ditches, and, uh, you know, a lot of canals and ditches in that part of the world, 
and at night, and they would buy food on the black market, and then they would bring it home. That was the only way they could feed themselves. The Dutch population, if it weren't for the black market, would have died. Uh, Rotterdam, Rotterdam did almost, and the Allies sent in food by airdrop, if you recall any history of that. <clears throat> I'm getting to a point here, but my father, uh, one day, he didn't go out with his friend. They would do this regularly, go out at night. He was a teenager, so you know they, this was what they did for their family. One day, he did not go out. The next day, the Gestapo cars come screeching into the village, and just like the movies you see, the Nazi soldiers come out, their boots clattering on the cobblestone, and they go into his friend's house, which was some doors down, and they pull out his friend, and they take him out to the street. This is, this is not a movie now. This is my dad's experience. And they pull him out to the front street. His crime was buying food on the black market, which my dad would have been with him on most occasions, and they pulled out the, Gestapo pulled out the pistol and shot him in the head in front of all the neighbors. So you, their message, don't buy food on the black market. But there's no food to buy in the store either. That was the kind of oppression they lived under. Think of that. Their faith had to be strong, don't you think? Corey Ten Boom had her faith tested in ways that very few of us can even imagine. She had her faith refined like few ever had. She suffered through the Holocaust in Ravensbrück in that concentration camp. She lost her father. She lost her sister, Betsy, but survived to serve as a powerful testimony of God's amazing book. And she is a little... I encourage you to do that. It's called Tramp for the Lord. It's the most amazing book. And she is a little Dutch granny. Little Dutch granny. You would, and she had a little suitcase, and she'd get all over the world, and uh, she even went into a meeting where one of the German guards that had persecuted in the prison camp actually came to the meeting and accepted the Lord. And he went to, and they recognized each other, and he went to the altar and put out his hand, and he said, can, can God forgive someone like me? And she said she went through this incredible thing where the man that persecuted and tortured us is now asking for forgiveness. And she said, yes, I forgive you. I forgive you. Do you think you could have done that? That's what this woman was. Well, I'm said all that to give you this. She said, there is no panic in heaven. God doesn't have problems. He only has plans. And you need to remember this. God has no problems. There's no panic in heaven. You get into panic or whatever, worry, there's no panic in heaven. God doesn't have problems. He only has plans. Jordan, Elizabeth, he only has plans. If you don't know them, that doesn't mean they don't exist. I didn't know the plan six months ago. All I know is God has got a good plan. Yeah, but we, there's all, I had more people. You only have 25,000 in the bank. What are you going to do? I think Joan even asked me that question a few times. What are you going to do? I don't know, but God doesn't have problems. He only has plans, and I'm a living expression of that. Father, in the name of Jesus, I break the spirit of fear, anxiety, doubt over every heart and mind in this room, 
And I declare what Corey Ten Boom, God does not have panic in heaven. He only has plans. I speak the plans of the Almighty God over every heart and mind here today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I just heard somebody say in their heart, I have a hard time hearing the Lord. You talk about hearing the Lord say this and that. I have a hard time hearing the Lord. Do you remember Samuel? Little pro- Samuel, he's a boy. And he goes, his mother, dear sweet woman, Hannah, she gives him to the Lord. And he's living in the tabernacle. Eli is the priest. And he hears his voice, Samuel, Samuel. And he runs out to Eli and says, did you call me? He says, no, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And if you know your Bible, it happened three times. The third time Eli perceived, wait a minute, could be God speaking to him. And he said, he said, next time, just say, Lord, here I am. And so Samuel did that. And you know something? Through that experience, Samuel learned how to hear the voice of God and then began to hear the word of the Lord. If you recall, he actually had to give Eli a very negative word. Because you have honored your sons over me. I've taken your legacy away. You're not going to continue in the priesthood. Your sons are not going to continue. Very, very negative word. Eli recognized that was a word of the Lord. He said, let it be as the Lord says. He resigned to it. Lay a hand on your heart. Because here's what I believe is the truth. We are in a season where we need to hear the voice of God better than we ever have before. We need to know this is God speaking to me. This is not God speaking to me. Now, Father, as I just point to each person here, every precious one, who are so valuable in your sight, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I declare that there will be a a gift, if you will, and a season and a development of an ability to hear the voice of God better than ever before. Father, I, I command the voices of confusion, the voices of distraction, the fears and anxieties that come with life, and I break their power over this, this congregation and over every person here, and I declare that they will go into a season where they will hear God's voice like Samuel heard the voice. It was so clear to that little boy, he actually thought Eli was calling him. That's how clear it was. I ask you, Holy Spirit, because when we hear you, then we can stand strong in the times that we're living in. And so, Lord, I declare this over each heart and mind today. I break the spirit of anxiety, fear, and worry, distraction through Jesus' mighty name, and I release the word of the Lord by the power of of the Holy Spirit today in Jesus' name. Now, I just heard somebody say, well, why would God talk to me? I'm of no big consequence. <laughs> if his eye is on the sparrow, what do you think? If his eye is on the sparrow, how much more value are you? Amen. Amen. God bless you. I hope this bless you today. I bless you in Jesus' name. Pastor Jordan, just come.
You know, um, I like that joke you made about being married to a Canadian. And, uh, you talked about walking with a limp, right? So there's an old saying, you should not trust someone unless they walk with a limp. And what that is, is the idea that God has broken you. Now, I don't know if you appreciate uh, a man who's given his life to the Lord like that. Been through so many things because it, it, it might break you. But there's something about how God will marinate in a person's spirit, just being with them. I got a lot out of it. So I received that. I was in the front edge of my seat just listening and drinking it in. So let's just take a moment. Father, we thank you. You know what? Let's just stand up with me. And Father, we just thank you this, this day for the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. I pray, Lord, that your words would marinate in our hearts and minds. And all the promises that you've put in our hearts and minds. That, that's what it says in Joshua. Not, not one good word of the Lord fell to the ground, but everything came to pass. And I just declare that in your life, the goodness, the blessing, the promises of God coming to pass each and every day. We thank you for it. Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen, amen, amen. He's very friendly, so is Joan. You can come give him a kiss, give him a hug. We're past COVID. COVID was hard in Canada. <laughs> so we love you very much. If you want prayer, we're here for you. You are a blessing. We'll catch you all next week, all right? Love you.